Hello, welcome to the St. Paul's Podcast, where you'll find talks from our Sunday services. For more information, feel free to check out our website, stpauls.co.uk. Thank you. Hi everyone, really sorry I can't be with you all tonight. At the moment I am somewhere between Paddington and Cardiff on my way to uni. But today we are thinking about the theme of identity. And I hope you managed to guess some of the noses in our city game earlier on. Well, today I've been asked to give a short thought about one aspect of identity and what I think when I hear this word or phrase. When we think about identity, lots of different pictures can come to mind. We think about our weight, our image, photos, material items. But the more we think about it, we also start to think about our thoughts or where our identity is rooted. When I think of the word identity, the word chosen often comes to mind. Chosen simply means having been selected as the best or most appropriate. Each of us in varying walks of life has been chosen. Depending on what you've been chosen for, it can fill you with excitement or can be terrifying as well. I've recently been chosen to head up the five to sevens venue at New Wine, which to begin with was terrifying, but was also amazing over the summer. But I've also been chosen to be a daughter, a sister and a wife, some of which I had more say in than others. So let's think about what have you been chosen for? Have 40 seconds in your tables or with the person next to you What have you been chosen for? Well, I hope you've been able to have a good conversation there. And so lots of us, well, all of us, have been chosen for lots of different things. We've been chosen for work, parenthood, scholarships, music or dance parts, sports teams, ministry teams, and so much more. Yet above all else, each of us has been chosen by God. In the verse that we're looking at today from Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 5, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You see, God chose you. Now, we can all easily hear this and be like, yeah, 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 I know, God chose me. I've heard it a thousand times. But do you really get it? Have you fully grasped that God chose you? Now, I know we're in January and not in October, but for a second, think with me about a pumpkin. You see, when God chose us, it wasn't just some quick thought, but rather a full-blown decision just like when we choose our pumpkin around Halloween. When you're looking for a pumpkin to carve or to eat, you don't just walk into Lidl, see the bin of pumpkins and be like, yeah, that one will do. But rather you stand there, you wonder, think, create and plan. You think this one's too tall, this one's not got a stalk, this one has got a stalk, this one's got mold growing out of it or a really bumpy back. And then you narrow it down to two. And you finally choose your pumpkin. You see, we don't just stand at the bin and take the first one, but rather we spend. Uh, so I think we'll see if we can get that working again. But for now, we'll move 
uh, smoothly on to our, to our next talk. Dave, thank you. I want to start with a verse, and then I'd like to explain this verse. And it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So I am hope-filled. That's the verse that I've chosen to explain my identity. So my name is Dave McKee. We've been coming for 20-plus years to St. Paul's. But I, didn't, I don't think I understood what it meant to have hope. So let me explain. So as a child growing up, I was fortunate, probably like many of you, to grow up in a home with Christian parents. But then life events in that home, I don't think properly unsettled me. So for example, when my dad lost his job, when he was made redundant when I was a teenager, life just seemed to go on. Um, he had a motorbike and had a motorbike crash and he didn't seem to be overly concerned. My mother wasn't really concerned. Life seemed to go on. Um, in year nine, I didn't do well in my exams. And my parents, although I think deep down were unhappy, um, didn't, I didn't get it in the neck um, for doing badly in my exams. And I, didn't, I don't think I knew at the time that I lived in a home with hope. When things go wrong and when things don't go to plan, I think I lived in a home where there was a higher purpose, which as a child, I don't think I understood. So now fast forward to about 15 years ago. Um, at work, I met someone um, who had no hope. No hope whatsoever. No hope for tomorrow, no hope for the future, no hope for jobs, um, no hope for relationships um, with her family. And I'd never met anybody, ever, I don't think, that in their tank of hope, it was empty. So this word hopelessness, I don't think I'd ever bumped into before in a human relationship, in a human context. So that then made, made me think, um, how come she has no hope and utterly was hopeless? And how come I don't feel that way? And I think 15 years ago, for the first time in my Christian life, I realized I had hope for the future. Whatever happens, I have hope for the future because my identity is in Christ. He gives me that hope. Um, regardless of what happens, there's always going to be a purpose and there's always going to be um, something for the future. So just let me finish by reading that verse to you again from Ephesians 1. So I guess this is my prayer for you. This was Paul writing to the Ephesians. But this is my prayer for each of you. In case you're somebody who doesn't know the hope that I now know. Does that make sense? So one or two of you here might not know the hope that I now know. And this is what Paul says. Um, I pray that the eyes of your heart, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
in order that you may know the hope to which he calls you. So, that's all right. Hello. There are lots of things I could tell you about my identity. I'm slightly worried that you look at my nose now and that you're looking at everybody's nose after last exercise. But my name's Debbie. I could tell you about the people in my family, but I won't. I could tell you I've been at St Paul's for about eight years. I could tell you about my job or jobs that I've previously done. I could tell you what I like doing in my spare time. There are many things I could tell you if you asked me who I am. But actually, there's one really important thing I want to share with you about my identity, and that comes from Ephesians 1, verses 7 to 8. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So I am redeemed. Now, one thing I really like to do, and anyone who knows me probably knows this, I love doing personality quizzes. You know the ones which say, what am I like? What's my identity? And I have a real favourite, which if you ever have the privilege, or um, maybe not the privilege, of working for me, I will probably make you do this. And it's called Discover Your Strengths. And what I love about that is, did you know that there is a 1 in 33 million chance of anyone having the same top five strengths as I do in the same combination? So like every single one of us here, I'm pretty unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. But one of the strengths, and my favourite one that comes out from that quiz, is the strength called belief. And that says that people with belief as a strength have certain core values that are completely unchanging, and that out of those values emerges a defined purpose for their life. And that, for me, is where redemption comes in. So redemption, what does it mean? Well, it's about being rescued from slavery, and it's about deliverance. It's about rescue. And actually, for those of you who love movies or books, it is one of the most important themes and common themes in movies and books. And if you go to the IMD website, do you know what it rates as the best movie about redemption? Well, it's not Schindler's List. It's not Shawshank Redemption. And it's not, although it appears on the list, Despicable Me. But it actually is a movie which some of you may have seen, but the theme of it is important. It's a movie called The Passion of Christ. And the redemption in Ephesians is much more life-changing, obviously, than a good movie or a good book. It tells me that Jesus Christ died in the place of sinners and redeemed them. So this means something really important for my identity. It means for me and for all of us, we're not defined by our internal strengths, nor by those external things like our reputation, the team we were chosen for or not, our career, the university we go to, our achievements, or any of our relationships. But we're defined by purpose. Redeemed is something I can't do myself. I can't redeem myself. But my identity is defined by who God is making me in his image. And it's not based on anything at all to do with me, but completely on what God has done for me in Jesus on the cross. Now, I discovered when looking at the word redeemed and thinking about I am redeemed, that that word is found 147 times in the Bible, right through from Genesis to Revelation. It's in the beautiful story, for those of you who know it, in Ruth, and it's right the way through the Bible. And a particularly lovely quote in Isaiah 44, 22, it says, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. 
And of course, that doesn't mean I can be perfect. And like all of you, I get things wrong sometimes. Sometimes they're spectacularly wrong. Sometimes it's just in that kind of under the radar that perhaps only I know way. But because Jesus, who is without sin, died on the cross for me, I can be forgiven. I'm not enslaved to sin. I'm redeemed. I'm a new creation. So whatever you think I got wrong last week, you're not defined by that. But we're defined by the identity of someone made new in Christ for a purpose, walking with him and for his glory. And just that verse again tells us redemption is in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. In him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. So the question is, I am redeemed, but what difference does that make to my identity each day? Well, I go into the tomorrow knowing that I'm free. And my belief, the strength that I talked about earlier, is that I'm free for a defined purpose. And that's a daily purpose of serving God and seeking to follow him in everything I do. And there's a worship song that I'd just like to share a few words at the end um, that expresses this. It says, now forever to belong, to walk with you for all my days. There's no greater love than this. You are the author and the way. I am redeemed. My prayer is that you know that promise for yourself. And I'm going to hand over now to Tom, I think. Hello, uh, today I'm going to be talking about being made new in Christ. To start off with, I want to talk a little bit about the verse from 2 Corinthians verse 5, chapter 5, verse 17, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. This means that God can change us after we give our lives to him. For me, I remember feeling God's presence in one of the meetings uh, in a session at New Wine. I remember... Uh, rushing back to the tent uh, to my mum to discuss with her the feelings that I felt that night. Since then, I feel God has given me confidence to do many things. To start with, standing here right now, I would never see myself do that a few years ago, as before I would have been worried to make a mistake. Some of you may have seen me in the band playing the drums, and worship has allowed me um, to be part of many bands, and I feel connected with God when I play as before I would have played alone. Finally, being a Christian has influenced my, um, my friends and decisions at school. I feel reassured knowing that I'm forgiven by God when I make mistakes. I am made new. Amazing. Can we just give them all another round of applause? So many of the things that we put our identity in, like Naomi touched on, can be temporary. And I love that we've looked at things, identities that God gives us, that are a gift. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to achieve or um, pass a test or be a certain way. God just gives us these identities because he loves us and he wants a relationship with you and with, I, with me. Um, if tonight you're feeling like maybe you 
don't feel like you're made new or that you're redeemed or that you're chosen or that you have hope, um, let me encourage you to um, take some time as we go into worship to, uh, to tell that to God and to have that conversation and to ask him to, uh, like the verse in Ephesians says, to lavish his love on you so that you can know afresh that it doesn't matter what you've done or how you feel about yourself, but he gives you that identity as a gift. He calls you a son or a daughter. Um, so yeah, as we, as we join the band, would you like to stand and we're going to worship?